Welcome back to the Athlete Maestro Podcast, guys. The sports education podcast that helps young athletes break their mental and physical limitations in sports and learn about the business side of sports. I'm your host, Tola Ugunlewe, and this is episode 649. Be very steady in your career. You can always start a revolution and use your rivals to make you better. one of the greatest tennis players in the history of the game male or female a winner of 18 grand slam titles today on the show american sensation chris Evert. this is a conversation that has been going on over the last few years when many athletes have always been described as great you know so people began to ask the question like if everybody is great what exactly does greatness mean since you're attaching it to everybody but you see when it comes to chris Everett, greatness does not even begin to describe her and her achievements when the achievements you've had in your sport as a woman crosses over to the men's side it needs no explanation many might say she was lucky but we all know the role that luck truly plays when it comes to greatness in sports her father was a pro tennis player and a coach so coaching and training her was all the more easy they started the journey when she was five years old and in 10 years she became the top ranked under 14 girl in the u.s now of course you might be thinking started at five then in 10 years now obviously she wasn't 15 at the time so she still qualified as an under 14 a year later she began catching attention when she won the 16 and under championship and also beat the world number one margaret court in a tournament so remember a few weeks ago we looked at margaret court on the podcast as well she made her grand slam debut at the age of 16 at the 1971 us open she went all the way to the semi-finals her first major and she almost won the whole thing two years later she made the final of the french open and we were then though losing in both finals many would have been upset but she was still young and still developing she proved the progress she had made in 1974 when she went on a 55-match winning streak which included wins in the french open and Wimbledon her first two Grand Slam titles she finished that year with a record of 100 wins and only seven defeats she won six tournaments in the process that year was the first of five consecutive years as the year-end world number one she followed up a stellar 1974 with two Grand Slam titles in 1975 a second french open and her first u.s open title she would defend that u.s open title three consecutive times making it four in a row she was in complete domination of this sport at a point during her career her dominance on clay was unprecedented she won 125 consecutive matches on clay even better than the great Rafa Nadal. She won the French Open seven times. The only person that has done it better is, yep, you guessed it, 
Rafa Nadal. Of course, she still holds the records when it comes to the females. Nobody has even come close. For a record 13 years, she won at least one Grand Slam title. So for 13 years consecutively, she won at least one Grand Slam title. She definitely would have won more Grand Slam titles had she not skipped 10 Grand Slam events between 1975 and 1980. You see, in those days, the Grand Slams were not as big as they are now. So you didn't have people um, building their entire calendar around the Grand Slam titles. Those days, people used to be like, nah, not going for the Grand Slam title. But you see, she still managed to win 18 Grand Slam titles which puts her in elite company. Two Aussie Opens, seven French Opens, three Wimbledons, and six US Open titles. She reached a record 34 Grand Slam finals. Let me repeat that 34 Grand Slam finals. The most by any tennis player in history. Today, she's your mentor, guys. And there are three lessons that I want you to learn from the great Chris Everett. Now, we've looked at many great female tennis players on this podcast serena williams margaret court uh, martina navratilova um uh, what's the, the this u.s lady that was monica Seles. like the list is on venus williams we've looked at her as well uh, we've looked at kim clysters you see all of these great great tennis players that are surfaced and you see chris everts is also in that conversation for all the records that i listed that she has in the sports you know and the fact that she had longevity you know that's always the hallmark if there's anything that makes serena williams great now it is that longevity she has experienced you see people can do things in the space of one year they can do it in the space of two years but when you do it over the course of decades 13 years 15 years then of course you need to be taken seriously the first lesson guys that i want you to learn from chris everett is be very steady in your career be very steady in your career now i remember when we looked at bjorn borg on the podcast now this was a guy who a lot of his opponents had difficulties reading him during the game so when i talk about being steady there are two angles that we can look at it from so a lot of his opponents always had difficulties reading him during the game you know more or less like poker right you want to know what's going on in the mind of your opponent so you know whether I need to attack more. You know whether I need to lay off. You know whether it kind of just reinforces what you need to do. So if you play any combat sports, you know where it's one on one, and it also applies in the team sport, but it's more in the one on one sports, right? You want to know what's going on in your opponent's mind, so at least it kind of guides what you do. Now for Bjorn Borg, many people they just couldn't figure the guy out because he had this steel look on his face. You didn't know when he was happy. You didn't know when he was sad. You didn't know when he was reeling. You didn't know when things weren't going his way. Nothing at all. And of course, it helped him over the course of his career. Same thing, guys, with Margaret Court. You see, this was someone who was so steady and calm over the course of her career. And he used to get to her opponents like, how can this lady be so calm? So that's the first angle, guys, where, of course, outwardly, you know, you don't have that expression. You see, the second angle with being steady is being composed. It's being what? is being composed and of course i shared this example with you when conor mcgregor fought floyd mayweather jr and floyd mayweather knocked him out in the 10th round you know in their boxing fights you know yes mcgregor is an mma fighter crossover to boxing and all of that when mcgregor was interviewed after the fight in the ring about 
what surprised him about Mayweather? And of course, the first part I don't agree with is that ah, there's nothing special about him. But the second part is where the juice is, where he says he's just composed. Like he's super composed. You see, that composure, that is the hallmark of Chris Herbert. She was never rushed into playing any shots. She was never rushed into doing anything. She she played the game on her own terms. She forced her opponents to play her own game not necessarily how they wanted to play and that's the first lesson that i want you to learn you see over the course of your career you have to be steady you see this is where composure comes in you know so you're playing your sport you don't want to be rushed you don't want to you know dance to the beat of your opponents or do what your opponents want you to know you want to do your own thing and you also want to do it as calm as possible so of course you don't make mistakes see when you have the ability to process your thoughts more when you have the ability to slow the game down you have a better chance of executing the way that you want to execute in your sport you stand a better chance of executing the way that you want to execute in your sport just because you are calm and steady and of course you hear you know all these things slow and steady wins the race slow and steady wins the race so not only do people find it difficult to read you in terms of your facial expression? You are also as composed as you can be in execution. Of course, if you ask any of Chris Everett's rivals, this is one key thing that they would have told you time and again. Her steadiness, her composure, her calmness is one of the things that set her apart. And of course, that also was what earned her the nickname Ice Princess. Ice princess you know when you say somebody is like ice you know like they're just so calm they're just so steady that was chris everts at a pick first lesson guys from her be very steady in your career the second lesson from chris everts you can always start a revolution you can always start a revolution if there's anything that you've seen in 2020 is the fact that everything that we thought we knew about the world so 2021 of the back of 2020 everything that we thought we knew about the world got turned on his head through covid so the things that we thought we couldn't do before the things that we thought you know this is how it has always been done you know covid came in of course shoo, changed all of those things and said hey you can do things differently you see when it comes to sports yes there's always a way that it's been done if we look at football for example you know, you always had your traditional number nine, so your strikers, right? And of course, you had certain managers who came into the fray and of course completely revolutionized the formation. Then you had false nines, then you had trequatistas, you know, then you had all these funny positions that they began to create because they were bold enough to change it. Same thing in basketball. You always um I can't remember if it was this triangle offense that was always out or whichever one it was. You know, but um, Phil Jackson comes into the game. So first, I think he managed the Chicago Bulls, then of course the Lakers. And of course he brings his own, so maybe the triangle offense was what he brought. There was some way that the thing was done before. And everybody was like, it's never going to work. Guess what? This is a guy who won 10 championships over the course of his career. You see, when we come back to Chris Evans, you see, it's now in, in this day and age where you have all these young teenagers, 15, 16, you know, so Coco Golf as well, you know, I think it was last year or 2019, bust onto the scene, you know, attracted attention. You see, it's now that it's mainstream for 16-year-olds to get to the final. So Maria Sharapova, 
you know, beat Serena Williams in Wimbledon final when she was 17 years old, right? It's now that it was the norm. You see, back then when Chris Evers was playing, guess what? It was as strange as it was ever going to be. This was a 15-year-old who beat the world number one at the time, Margaret Court, in a tennis match. This was a 17-year-old who got to two Grand Slam finals. This was an 18-year-old who won her first two Grand Slam titles. It had never been done before. They had never seen it before because it was not something that they expected. Now, that's one side. Now, the second angle, you know, was the way the, the female tennis players played their backhands back then. Chris Everts comes into the game, brings with her a double-handed backhand, stiff and strong, like nothing they had ever seen before. And guess what? Absolutely changed the face of the game. So a few weeks ago, we looked at Dick Frosby, you know, who did the Frosby flop in high jump and also in a way completely changed how high jumpers huddled over the bar to scale heights and break world records. You see, just because your sport has always been played in a particular way, just because your sport has always been executed in this way or has always been done in that way, it doesn't matter and it means absolutely nothing to how and what you can bring to the game. Doesn't change how you play the game, definitely doesn't change what you can now bring to the game. How do you enjoy playing your sports? How do you enjoy executing your sport? How experimental are you when it comes to playing your sports? And of course, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you will know that in training, in practice, that's when you want to be experimenting. So those things that you're experimenting on, those things that you're trying, those things that you feel comfortable doing, are you able to bring that into a game? Or are you thinking, ah, it's never going to be accepted because this is not how the game has been played. You see, doesn't matter how the game has been played it doesn't matter what has always been done when it comes to the game you can always start a revolution chris evers was one who started young stars coming onto the tour and absolutely destroying people and beating people that were way over older than them comes onto the tour as well double-handed backhand guess what same thing absolutely shows that this is a way that the game can be played of course everyone begins to adopt it then you also have younger players coming into the game you see if there's a way you want to play a sport you can start a revolution as it relates to that particular way of playing you don't have to wait for anybody whatsoever to play the game the way that you want to play second lesson guys from chris Herbert, you can always start a revolution and the final lesson that i want you to learn from chris Herbert: use your rivals to make you better use your rivals to make you better so if this is the first time stumbling on this podcast this particular monday episode where we look at successful athletes that you might not have heard the analogy or the example or the story that i gave uh, between um, larry bird of the boston celtics back then and Irving magic johnson of the los angeles lakers and how these two guys used their rivalries to propel them to heights at the time that had not been seen in basketball you see these were guys who used to check each other's stats, right? To see what the other person was up to, to see what the other person was doing, to see how they were playing the game, to see uh, what, what, what record they notched up in the game. Then they go out there and try to outdo each other. Then, of course, Magic Johnson contrives HIV, has to leave the sport. And Larry Bird comes in and says, like, my motivation is gone. How exactly is it that I'm going to play the sport 
when the guy who drove me the guy who pushed me is now gone am i going to even be able to do this under any stretch of the imagination you see it, it completely changed his perspective of the game because his rival was gone when we come to chris Evert, you know she had three dominant rivals you can say now not not all of it was pure rivalry so you had martina narvatilova you had bleaching king and then you had margaret court so obviously margaret court was on the way out bleaching king much older than her so the main rivalry was with martina narvatilova and of course both of them won 18 singles grand slam titles so a piece you know and their record uh, Navratilova edged the record that they had, you know, but they played themselves an enormous amount. I think they played 80 times over their career or something ridiculous like that. You know, when they asked Chris Servert about this rivalry, you know, and, and what it meant for them, what it meant for the game, the only thing that she could allude to, yes, the fans enjoyed the game. Yes, the fans loved their contest and all of that. But one of the key things that she alluded to was the fact that it made her better. It made her better every single time that she got the opportunity to face Martina Navratilova. It made her absolutely better. She improved that game. She learned a few things. You see, this is what rivals can do for you. What I see with a lot of young athletes is you avoid having rivals because you don't want to be competing with anybody. You don't want anybody to be on your level. You don't want anybody that people might say is better than you you see you're having it all wrong and you need to switch your perspective and turn it back around to what the main aim of having a rival is you see the only person that you are in competition with is yourself that's the truth the only person that you are in competition with is yourself as it should be so what then happens is when you see rivals is that you use them to make you better oh i love that duel the last time this is what i learned from it so when i go back to practice i'm going to try to implement these things that i learned from you i'm going to try to make myself a better athlete you see switch that your perspective having a rival is good for you i share this example as well when we looked at jeremy warrior who had an epic rivalry with Leshawn merritt and of course so both of them were 400 meter runners and he said it as well that look every time LeSean ran you know I was always interested I was always keen because he pushed me and he propelled me to do better same thing guys with Chris Everts and all the rivals that she had Martina Navratilova Billie Jean King and Margaret Court you see all of this is what led her to the unprecedented records that she had which I reeled some of them out in the intro Athlete Master guys episode 649 Chris Everts you can always start a revolution, be very steady in your career, and use your rivals to make you better. Use your rivals to make you better. Head over to the website, guys. Check out all the free and paid resources that we have for you there, particularly Mental Mastery, where you would learn the mental aspects of the game and you would also eliminate the mental blocks that are holding you back from performing your best. Athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery athlete maestro.com forward slash mental mastery and of course if you haven't subscribed to the podcast you haven't left us a rating and review what are you waiting for especially that rating and review it will take you literally 30 seconds to leave it i have no idea why you haven't left it already so head over to athlete maestro.com forward slash subscribe you learn how to subscribe you also learn how to leave a rating and review athletemaestro.com 
forward slash subscribe. If you have any questions whatsoever, send me a mail, Tola at athletemaestro.com. Tola at athletemaestro.com. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show. Remember, knowing is not enough, you must apply. Willing is not enough, you must do. I want you to go out there, learn all the lessons you can from Chris Everts. I want you to go out there and I want you to be a maestro today and every single day.